At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This is our number two of the Nightcap coming to you from the VSIN studios here at the Circle Resort and Casino. In downtown Las Vegas, Femi Abebefe alongside Holden Kushner. We're hanging out here one hour down, two to go as the Major League Baseball slate is continuing. This evening, the Seattle Mariners, they lead the Texas Rangers 2-0 in the bottom of the third. And you still have the L.A. Dodgers trailing the Washington Nationals 2-1 in the bottom of the second. The Diamondbacks lead the Giants 5-2 in the bottom of the fourth. And then the Angels lead the Kansas City Royals 5-0 in the top of the eighth. And the Oakland A's up 4-1 against the Houston Astros in the bottom of the fourth. Femi, it's been a, it's been a rough night for me. Uh-oh. It's been a rough night for me, my friend. I'm sorry. Got to be that. transparent. We all have bad nights. Hey, transparency is key I mean, in this space. You talk about getting your butt kicked. I mean, first, I got I got the under eight with the Mets and the Yankees. They put up six runs in the first. I'm like, oh, it's dead. All of a sudden, we're in the bottom of the eighth. We got it eight runs. You. It's great. And boom. You lose that one. Yeah. I got the uh, Giants here. First five, right? No. Christian Walker, it's a three-run blast. We're going to lose that one. I did win the Padres bet, and there was another one. Oh, I'm going to lose this Royals bet, the too. Royals one, yeah. It's been a frustrating night, Femi, so uh, let's keep it positive. Hey. Pick, I need a pick-me-up right now. Maybe we can get some of that back with a nice, juicy futures bet on the NFL MVP market. So that's what we're going to discuss Is that my only option? This segment. That's the only option for this segment. We'll, well, we'll find something later on in the show as well. But um, as you know, the <laughs> NFL season is quickly approaching, 44 days away from opening night, all 32 teams are in training camp right now as we speak. So football's back, Holden. We're back in the Hall of Fame game is a week from tomorrow, or a week from Thursday, I should say. It's uh, man, we're, we're about to be able to bet on football. Yeah, I mean we could, yeah, and we can bet on it now, but like real football, I don't think I'm going to bet on the Hall of Fame game. I never have. What? Yeah, I never have, and I never will. But I will say this: I do bet preseason football, and I love it. And there's a lot of edges I in preseason, man. Love preseason uh, football betting. Real and, quick, before we get into the MVP yeah. stuff, what are some of your preseason uh, the 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 know hows, the how tos well, when you're betting uh, preseason? NFL? The best part about betting preseason NFL, Femi, it's all about following the news. It, it really is. It's like betting NBA summer league. It's like betting the NBA where you have to wait for the injury reports because nobody likes to play basketball anymore. The stars will just take <laughs> off. So you, and you don't want to bet a preseason game right when the line comes. I mean, who the hell cares about that? No, yeah. I got it, especially when it gets into week two, 
And then number three, now guys aren't playing as much. They shifted the preseason around a little bit. But if you can get an edge where you're following beat reporters, I think the number one thing, Femi, if you're betting the preseason, Twitter, and listen, it's not stock, I don't care. You know, don't buy stock in it. Have it, don't have it. It's going to help you if you're a better. If you don't have Twitter and you're a sports better, I don't know what you're doing. Because it's immediate knowledge. You're getting everything faster. And the books, the one thing we have over them is information, knowledge. We're going to get it before them. Or if we get it at the same time, they still got to plug it into the algo and it's got to get us. So if I see week number two, all right, Matt Stafford's actually going to play this week. There was question. All right, they're, they're going to roll him out there. Mm-hmm. But then the reporter comes out and says he's going to play one series instead of playing a first quarter. Well, all of a sudden, okay, well, uh, let's let's see how, many, how much time the backups are playing. Who else is playing? You can just get so much knowledge and, and, and such an edge by following beat reporters it's going to help you with your process, and that will help you make these bets. I do not go into a week betting preseason saying, oh, I cannot wait. <laughs> Let me break down you know, the, the third-string center and see how he's going to affect. No, no, no. For me, it's about an hour before the game, 45 minutes before the game, 30 minutes before the game. News is coming out. Figure out who's in, who's out, and then we hit the bet. I thought you were going to say I just bet the Baltimore Ravens every week in the preseason because I think they've won about just 20 straight betting. preseason games and have covered about 19 of those. Oh, spreads. we will. <laughs> we, hey, listen. That's, Did you see the line? I looked at it the other day. They're laying four and a half in some spots yeah. in a preseason game. Fine. Bet, bet them. The sports books are not. You have to pay a little bit of a tax, but John Harbaugh has – He's making. I think he's hanging banners out yeah. there at M&T Bank yeah. Stadium for preseason victories because they try extremely hard. Uh, I'm not sure as to why, but you know what? Makes a lot of money for the betters. They're going to win a lot during the regular season too. They are. I think you and I are on the same page there. We're both Lamar Jackson fans. Baltimore bounce back in 2022. Mm-hmm. Here we mm-hmm. go. Uh, but let's talk MVP in the NFL. Lamar Jackson, he won it for the Baltimore Ravens back in 2019. But who can we pick out here that has a little bit of value in this MVP market? Right now, the favorite over at DraftKings, Josh Allen at 7-1. to one. You have Tom Brady, 8-1. to one. Patrick Mahomes at nine to one. Aaron Rodgers is the two-time reigning defending MVP. He's at ten to one alongside Justin Herbert. Joe Burrow's twelve to one. Russell Wilson fourteen to one. Stafford at fifteen to one. That's the first page. Those are the contenders, the favorites. Anyone that jumps out to you there, or do you like to go further down the board? Hold on, isn't this about you and Russell Wilson? Isn't this? Listen, I got a text from isn't our. It, I got a text from me. our producer this morning. And it was a tweet that came out, and it says, the most bet on futures, offensive player of the year, Justin Jefferson. I'm like, oh, here I am. I laid the chalk. Who is the most bet on MVP? It is Femi's Russell Wilson. Say, hey, you're the Russell Wilson whisperer. Let's go. Mr. Unlimited is a little underrated right now. He's Mr. Underrated in the eyes of executives, coaches, the general masses who consume football. Um, I think Russell Wilson's going to have a big, big year. And I talked about the wide receiver core for the Denver Broncos. Now, I haven't placed a bet on him to win MVP at 14-1. to 1. That price is still a little short there. Maybe he can have a standout season. But as you know, and I'm sure you've heard in many broadcasts that include Russell Wilson, he has never received an MVP vote. That was a point of contention for folks out in Seattle. I lived it. I covered it. And it was a big deal every single week. But I think in the Rocky Mountains in Denver – with the offense opening yeah. up just a little bit more than it was under Pete Carroll, I think Russell Wilson can put up some big numbers in Denver. Uh, that's It's interesting because what do you need to do to win the MVP as the quarterback? You probably got to lead the league in touchdown passes, if not efficiency, mm-hmm. right? And then he's going to have to have better numbers than Mahomes. He's going to have to have better numbers than Herbert. Yep. He's going to have to have better numbers than, than, than Carr. I mean, we're talking about career year 
here for Russell Wilson. And if you're betting him at 14 to one to win the MVP, that's what you're saying right now. And he's a very popular bet. Again, I like the Broncos a lot. I love their running game. I love their defense. I love what Russell Wilson brings. I just think that there's going to be quarterbacks. There are spots that they can put up better numbers or bigger numbers, especially the teams that don't have as good a running game. Josh Allen, number one. I mean, at, at this point, everybody's just in love with Josh Allen. Oh, yeah. I will never, ever. There's a couple of guys that are on my list to this day. When he got drafted, they got personal with him. Like, oh, this guy, you know, he can't hit the side of a barn. He's a horrible person. He's a horrible this. He's horrible. It has made me so happy to see Josh Allen just <laughs> shove it right down everybody's face. And this year, he should be the favorite. I mean, he's on the team that has the best odds to win the Super Bowl. He does everything. He runs. He throws. He's gotten accurate, more accurate every single year. So, I, I think... Listen, Josh Allen, are you eating chalk? Yeah. Uh, Brady's going to always be in the mix. Mahomes is always going to be in the mix. Rodgers, always going to be in the mix. I think Herbert at 10-1 to is another nice one, though. Because, look, I, I told you about their receiving options. I, th I think Keenan Allen, Palmer, and Williams, that's just a bunch of nasty dudes there. It's a bunch of dogs. Eckler out of the backfield, too. Herbert's a nice bet there. Two guys on that first page you were talking about, I think, that oh, yeah. are at least in consideration, yeah. Back to Russell Wilson. Over at BetMGM, you mentioned that the ticket percentage, highest ticket percentage on Russell Wilson, highest handle on Russell Wilson. Mm -hmm. He is now the biggest liability over at BetMGM to win MVP. Number one reason for me not to bet him then. <laughs> you know? he's, he's, he's the, uh, the apple of the betting public's eye. I almost want to take my money back on Justin Jefferson. At this oh, point, no. stick to your guns. I mean, I, I could stick to my guns, but if these guys are the biggest liabilities, they you know, listen, the so, books, the books what? make money for a reason, my friend. But sometimes the public wins. Otherwise, there wouldn't be these places. You know, if you didn't have the allure of potentially winning, uh, I don't think we'd have all the glitz and glamour out here in Nevada. Um, any long shots that you like? Because there's two that I actually place bets on today. Ooh. But do you have anything on your card? Who? Who's your? No, no. I want to hear okay. this. You Who are your mind? long shots? Uh, I mean, we talked about the Jacksonville Jaguars mm -hmm. yesterday. So 125 to one. I bet on Trevor Lawrence to win MVP. Just a long shot ticket on the basis of maybe he can make that quantum leap with an adult at head coach versus whatever the huh. hell he had last year with Urban Meyer. And then also, your guy, Kurt Cousins. Hunter My guy? <laughs> I get confused because he's everybody's guy here at the network. Everyone sees he's underrated. I know you like Jefferson, so you have to think that Cousins can have at least a decent season here. We were getting along <laughs> so well. You're out in Washington, we were getting along man. So you know, well. with the Shanahan's, Kirk Cousins, yeah. all that stuff. I said but, neither one of those guys is, is going to be a great quarterback. But what I will say is that Cousins at 100 to 1, mm -hmm. I bet on him just on the potential that maybe I'm wrong about Kevin O'Connell. And, and I haven't really taken a stance against Kevin O'Connell and his Vikings team, but I just question if we're going a little bit too much with the assumption that he's going to be that much better than Mike Zimmer. But if he is and the offense is electric, maybe Kirk Cousins at 100 to 1 could potentially win MVP because this is a regular season award. I don't want to back Kirk Cousins in the playoffs because he's only won one playoff game, yeah. but in the regular season, he puts up big numbers, and if they're able to win this division, the NFC North, I like the Packers to do it, but if they can win the division, maybe Kirk Cousins to win MVP is uh, not so bad of a bet. Okay. Well, again, you said 100 to 1. 100 to 1. That's, there's exactly. not too many bad 100 to 1 bets. Exactly. Yeah, I'm just building the portfolio yeah. right now. Build the portfolio with a couple of long shots. Later on yeah. in the season, we'll add some of the uh, the real horses yeah. that could potentially win this award. I mean, just narrow it down. It's going to, in all likelihood, it's going to be a quarterback. No, no, all likelihood. It's going it's to a, be a you quarterback. You know, it's a quarterback. It's, it's so a quarterback award. Allen, Herbert, Burrow, Wilson, Lamar. That would be my pool right now. If you want to go down, I'm not buying Jalen Hurts. I'm not buying Derek mm -hmm. Carr. 
I'm not buying Deshaun Watson ain't winning this thing in eight games. You, you, you can make him a million to one, I think, for Deshaun Watson. I'd love to give you something sexy here, my friend. I just don't see it. I, I just don't see you it right now. You said that you were buying into this Miami Dolphins thing. Tua yeah, but not Tua. No, 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 no. Well, no. how do you buy into the Dolphins? If you I like, don't think the, I like them good? defensive. He might be oh. good, but he's not throwing for 5,000 yards and 45 touchdowns. If Tua is good with those weapons around him, he might have great stats. Well, if he leads the league in passing and touchdown passes and he wins the MVP, go back, put the Clip put the, the thing on this right now. If, if Femi, Femi, we're going to go, Femi, why didn't you lay the – Lay the mortgage down on that, my friend. They got a second. I don't know mortgage. what to think of Tua. I don't know what to think of the Dolphins. You're a little bit more bullish on them. I than am, I. but not Tua. So, hey, no, well, not to MVP well, caliber. Well, my thing is that why would you be bullish on the Dolphins if you're not bullish on Tua? Well, there's a difference between being bullish and being asinine. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely love it. <laughs> Great discussion there. Uh, stick with us. The nightcap rolling along here on Vison. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This is the Nightcap coming to you from the VSIN studios at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. Femi Abebefe alongside Holden Kushner here. We just had a spirited discussion on NFL MVP in the last segment there. A lot of good info. Uh, bouncing back and forth, getting some good yeah. ideas from you. You're looking at me a little puzzled. Well, yeah, because I I was asking you if Wes Reynolds was going to come join me in person tomorrow night. Of and he this is. is when Femi is going to go. So shut up. Let's go. We got a guest going on. <laughs> that's where I thought we were going to go. But listen, that's just me scatterbrained out there. Let's talk some college football, right? Let's talk college football with our next guest here on the program. Andrew Cayley, sports betting analyst over at Covers. Andrew, we appreciate the time this evening. Is it safe to say that Bama, Ohio State, and Georgia are head and shoulders clear of the rest of the country? And if not, who's that fourth team that might be on that tier with them as well? I think it, I think it's those three teams once again. I, college football casuals will probably get tired of hearing hearing the, this once again, but especially those Alabama haters out there because <laughs> this could be the season that Nick Saban just came out recently. He's like, I really like this team. And he's had a lot of really good teams, but this year he's got arguably the best offensive player in Bryce Young, the best defensive player in Will Anderson. And he did a really good job of restocking those skill positions in the transfer portal. They're going to be tough to beat in the SEC. If there is a team 
that can kind of creep in there with them. It might be Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. Um, they've, they've had a very good recruiting class. Jimbo Fisher has been kind of building towards this, and he's got that great rivalry going on right now with Saban. Um, <laughs> they will have to figure out who's going to be the guy under center there. They ha- do have a great defense and uh, some good skill position players, but if they can get um, someone to really step up under center, they, they can be the team that kind of joins those top three teams there. Andrew, you kind of brought up something interesting here because I'm looking at Saban's team. Maybe you would say 2015 was his best team. Maybe you wouldn't. What do you think his best team is? And is this team on paper right there with Nick Saban's best teams ever? I think it is on 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 paper. It is one of uh, arguably one of his best teams. It's really deep. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the secondary plays out this year. But they've got they've got different makers at, at almost every single position this year, and it's it's going to be really really tough to stop them. Uh, I really like I really liked the 2018 national team. I might say 2018 when they beat. Um, uh, Georgia in overtime there. That team was obviously super stacked as well. Um, Derrick Henry's final year was a, was a great team as well. But uh, I think this team is is up there with all of them. We're speaking with Andrew Cayley, sports betting analyst over at Covers. You said that this might be Saban's best team ever, but of those three teams that are in the class of their own in college football, you've placed a futures bet on another one that's not Alabama. Explain why. Yeah, that's because there's just, unfortunately, betting Bama can be, unless we're betting first half spreads with them in the regular season, (laughs) there's not a whole lot of value with them in the futures market right now. I think their win total can be as found as high as 11, and that's even juiced minus 190. I've seen stuff like that. I think my you can get 10 and a half set like minus 290 to win the conference. They're minus 140 to win the national championship plus plus 140. There's just no value in, in betting them. So for me, it's all about Ohio State at about um, between three to one, four to one, wherever your, your best odds are there. They're the best team in the Big Ten. CJ Stroud should be a Heisman finalist last year, and he might have the best uh, running back wide receiver combo at his disposal this year in Travion Henderson and Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, obviously, we saw that that huge Rose Bowl that in Jigba had, uh, Smith and Jigba had um, against Utah. Really, really like that they brought in Jim Knowles uh, to be defensive coordinator from Oklahoma State. We saw what he did there the last couple of years. And on top of that, all their tough home, uh, all their tough games on the schedule this year at home. Michigan's at home this year, so I really think they bounce back and they they, they uh, and they reclaim that Big Ten championship on their way to getting to the the playoff. And because of that, I think they have the best value of those of that bunch. This is just a betting conversation here. Like when you're when you're looking at some of these teams, is there a team or two that you just go to the well with that you have a good feel on, and maybe one or two that you head into the season with? Because I'm a big college basketball guy, and I focus, you know, on a couple of smaller conferences. There, is there a team or two that you kind of like to focus in on and make some money on? Well, early on, it's it's it sounds silly, but it's Alabama first half. First <laughs> oh half boy! Spread. Thanks for going out on a <laughs> I know, but the, those those they have to do play really well to cover. That's 28 points and 31 points, and they're big numbers. So um, it, early in the season, Nick Saban he is known for having his team prepared. They have great numbers against the spread in the first half over the last decade or so. That That's a team I really like. But with college football, you kind of have to wait a few weeks because there's so much turnover, particularly now with the transfer portal. 
because there's been even more changes than normal these last couple of years. So it's really a kind of feel it out situation through the first few weeks of the college football season. Um, this year, I'm I'm kind of excited to see what a team like Kansas State can do in uh, the Big 12. I think they've got some potential there. Everybody wants to know if Texas is back, of course. But we can't <laughs> call them back until they're actually back. Um, in the big, but in uh, at the ACC, there's a couple of teams that I think could surprise Clemson, maybe a Wake Forest sort of thing, or a North Carolina State. Um, but uh, it's college football, so we really got to wait and see. You mentioned all the transfer portal changes, but what about the head coaching changes? I mean, I can't even keep track with how many head coaches changed schools this past offseason. But of those changes, like USC, LSU, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, Oregon, etc., I know I'm leaving others off the list here, which head coaching change do you think will have the biggest impact in year one? Uh, year one, that's a tough one. But I, I think I'm going to stick with my guy Marcus Freeman with Notre Dame there. I think they made a really good choice after uh, – after Brian Kelly jumped the ship on them there. He seems to really have the respect of his team and his staff. Like He was able to keep Tommy Reese on as an offensive coordinator. That was a really big move there. They looked really great in the first half of the Fiesta Bowl before things kind of fell apart there in the second <laughs> half. But there, there, could be, there could be some bumps along the way, but I really like what he's building there in South Bend. Yes, they're going to have a new store, starting quarterback, and they have to replace star running back uh, Kyron Williams. But I actually think the offense could be better this year. I wasn't a big Jack Cone guy last year to begin with. Uh, Tyler Buckner, I think, has a chance to be a difference maker. He's a real dual threat uh, ability there. Um, strong offensive line and defensive line play, as is normal with Notre Dame teams that we've come to know. And uh, Brandon Joseph transferred from safety transfer from Northwestern. He's about as smooth as a tra transition from Kyle Hamilton as you could get. And for that reason, I really like uh, Notre Dame's credential this year, particularly with their win total. I, I slide on uh, them to go over their eight and a half there. So you mentioned Kansas State. I'm, I'm a Kansas grad. Huge game against Duke on the gridiron this year. I'm sure everybody's <laughs> going to drop everything they're doing uh, to watch that masterpiece. But the Big 12 to me is a fun one. I mean, look, uh, Baylor, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, you know, poor, poor Texas fans. I feel so bad for you. Kansas State, you talk about it. Handicap the Big 12 for me. Uh, it's it's tough this year because it's so wide open. I mentioned mm -hmm. like Texas, everybody wants Texas to be back, uh, but now they've got an interesting situation with Quinn Ewers. Like he hasn't really stolen that job yet. That offense, no matter who is under center, could be one of the best in in the country. There's been so much turnover at Oklahoma. I know Brent Venables is a is a good defensive corner. They've just lost so many guys. It's going to be really interesting to see how they bounce back in year one. Um, Oklahoma State is still there. Baylor, obviously, but they've got some issues on offense going in this year. So for me, I'm really looking. I really love the value with Kansas State to win the Big 12. But you can get that I'm at about 14 to one right now. Wow. 14 returning starters for that team. I think they have one of the most underrated and from one of my favorite running backs in the country, Induce Vaughn. Uh, they've got some difference makers on defense, and it all actually comes down to. Um, former Cornhusker transfer quarterback Adrian Martinez. I'm a noted Nebraska hater in my office here, so this is kind of <laughs> tough for me to say. But uh, if the new threads and the new locale can kind of rejuvenate him, he's a really great fit for that offense. And if he can limit the turnovers, I don't see why Kansas State wouldn't have a shot at winning the Big 12 this year. Wow, at 14 to 1, that's paying out a pretty good price there. Andrew, we got about 40 seconds left. 
What do you make of USC's win total first year? Lincoln Riley, new quarterback, and Caleb Williams, new wide receiver, Jordan Addison, new running back there with Diet. What do you make of the Trojans? They, they have all the pieces, right? But the hype is just too much for me right now. They're, they have to get it all together pretty quickly there. And I think it's becoming so hyped up that we're losing a lot of the value. I probably think there's a better chance of USC being uh, an eight-win team than a 10-win team. So if I had to take anything, I'd probably lean towards the under on their win total there. I love Utah, too. I think they're the one of the most mm. underrated teams in the country. Tons of returning starters there. Cam Rising, a great quarterback. That defense is going to be solid. Once again, even though they lost Devin Lloyd, I love their value to win the conference at about 3-1, uh, to one, and I like them over their win total as well. I think that's a double-digit win team. We saw that they could hang with an Ohio State in the Rose Bowl last year, and, and I think they're legit. Gosh, I guess the college football juice is flowing here, Holden. The we're right around the corner. Training camp's going to get underway in August, and we will be that much closer to week zero of college football. He is Andrew Cayley, sports betting analyst over at Covers. Andrew, great info, buddy, and we hope to talk soon in the future. Thanks, guys. Good luck with all your bets. All right, awesome stuff there. On the other side, we turn our attention back to NFL futures. Offensive player of the year. You like Jefferson, but you're not alone. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The VSIN football betting guides are coming soon, and there's no better way to prepare for the college and pro football seasons. Our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Reserve your copy of the Football Betting Guys today and get access to everything we offer for the entire football season with a VEASAN all-access subscription. Make this football season your best ever. Subscribe now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Welcome back. This is the Nightcap coming to you from the VEASAN studios here in downtown Los Vegas at the Circa Resort and Casino. He's Holden Kushner. I'm Femi Bebefe. We just had Andrew Cayley on with us from Covers, sports betting analyst, helping us break down the college football futures, teams he's high on, some teams he's a little bit lower on. Not a big fan of the USC Trojans, but I kind of, I'm kind of with him there. They're, they're not... They're not too strong in the trenches, offensive line, defensive line. If they were playing seven-on-seven, seven, give me USC, but that's not the game. You got you to have the big boys on the field as well, and the big boys at Utah, I think, are a lot more physical than what we have in L.A. The Utah Utes, I think, are a really good team and potentially a Pac-12 sleeper in the college football playoff. We have talked a lot of NFL in the short time we have worked together over the last two days. I don't know if I've seen you get nearly as giddy about anything is what I've seen when we start talking college football. Like This dude is just glowing right now. And it's funny because college football is not my favorite sport. The NFL is my favorite sport, but we talk about the NFL so often. To oh, okay. Where, like, while it's gone, it doesn't ever really feel like it's away. It always feels close by. College football, it feels like we maybe do a segment or two per show or at least shows that I'm on. So it almost feels like I've been missing it. Mm -hmm. I'm ready for the college football to get back into my life, ready for the training camps, ready to read the beat reporters, because especially college football of any sport, you got to rely on those beat reporters because there's not this big database like there is for the NFL. You're really trusting the people who are, have the boots on the ground out there in all these schools there. So I'm just really, really excited, honestly, for football in general just to be back in my so, life. You know what's interesting, too? This is just a life story here. So when you don't have kids. I got little kids, and I had to make a decision. I was given an ultimatum. You get your Saturday or you get your Sunday. <laughs> the other day, 
you you were with me and you were with the kids. You have you got a choice. And I said to myself, you know, I just love the NFL so much. So unfortunately, I have had to neglect college football a little bit. And you mm. can't be an expert in everything. Oh, Charles no. Barkley was the guy that said that. He's like, you can't. And I actually buy this. He's like, you can't be an expert in everything. He goes, you're sports talk shows. Don't tell me you know eight different sports. Maybe one. If you're lucky, you know two. You know, I had to make the decision. I had to take the su- the Sunday over the Saturday. So. I mean, I'm just geeked about the NFL all the time. They make fun of me at my shop, too, over at my website. They're like, oh, here we go. Kusher's at it again. Another six Sundays until he starts getting all excited about injury reports. Oh, you know, and, and I do. I kind of get geeked up about oh, injury reports that, that coming out, That first injury report hits the timeline. Like, the 18th, I get excited. I've never been so alive and people hurting so bad. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. That 8.30 Sunday morning of oh, week one, yeah. September 11th, when that actives and inactive yep. list comes out here on the West Coast. I'm telling you, goosebumps. Yeah. Goosebumps. That's the other thing. (laughs) Life-changing experience. If you're out on the East Coast, come out to the West Coast sometime. So much better. Depending on your age. I mean, if you have a a social life and you actually go out on Saturdays. Wow, he's telling me that I'm a grandpa. If you, yes. (laughs) Yeah, because I was 25 when I lived in Vegas. I had to do six-hour shifts on those Sunday (laughs) and Saturday mornings. It was not easy, my friend. Yeah, but no, no, no. See, I, I, and I'm somebody who just gets so damn giddy for the game. Yeah. That I could not imagine waiting yeah. until one o'clock in the afternoon to watch the first slate of football. Ten o'clock, even then, I think is a little late. I would take it at nine a.m. To be quite honest, put me on Alaska time and let me get up early and get football right into the veins here. Go watch the London games. Oh, I'm always up for those. Yeah, you're always awake, right? So oh, if you really yeah. want to get geeked up, there's always six or seven games you can wake up super early for. Everybody else complains about it. I love it, too. Oh, it's I love fant- it, too. It is fantastic. I'm looking forward to watching Jaguars games, for, for the love of God. That's where we are here in the offseason. I'm looking forward to watching Jaguars Raiders, and that's the Hall of Fame game eight days from today. <laughs> All right, settle down. Like, settle on, down, man. Femi. I mean, come I, on. I'm a little excited. A little All right. excited. As you, as you can tell, I am ready to go for NFL season to get here. Uh, as is Holden, big NFL guy. He's yeah. trying to play coy now and, and make me seem like I'm a crazy person, but he's right there with me. Um, and true. you are right there with a lot of folks yeah. in the Offensive Player of the Year yeah. market. We got these numbers from BetMGM. The highest ticket percentage for Offensive Player of the Year, Justin Jefferson at 9.2%. Highest handle, Jefferson at 13.2%. The biggest liability, none other than Justin Jefferson. Yesterday, you talked about your bet 25 to 1, which I like. And that's the guy who I'm scared of if my guy can't win it as Jefferson at 25 to 1. But does it scare you just a tad that the betting public is yes. right behind you on your heels yes. with Jefferson out there in the purple and gold? Yes, I hate that. Here I am thinking I'm all, I'm a smart guy. I got Justin <laughs> Jefferson 25 to 1. I'm amazing over here. And then I get this text from our producer today. No, you're an idiot. You and every other jabroni out there has a ticket on Justin Jefferson. So it's a little disappointing, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, I guess I'm just going to have to tail your Jamar Chase now. But in in all seriousness, Jefferson just popped up. I did a lot of research looking into this. Jefferson's got to be number one because you look at the offensive player of the year. It's not the MVP. This is not, Mm -hmm. okay, we're going to give it to a quarterback no matter what. Guys that have won the MVP recently, Michael Thomas, Derrick Henry, Cooper Cup. That's my last, that's at least off the top of my head. The last three winners have been two wide receivers and a running back. Now, I think you're out of your mind if you bet Jonathan Taylor to be the offensive player of the year or any running back to be the offensive player of the year, especially after the workload that Taylor had last season. So for me, 
you might have a, a quarterback or two that's going to be in the mix, Josh Allen. You're getting better odds on him to be the offensive player of the year as opposed to the quarter to the MVP, which is a, there's a reason for that because mm-hmm. all the positions seem to be taken into account for the offensive player of the year. I think the other guys we can look at, Cup, Chase, Jefferson, Josh Allen. Those are the guys that really stand out to me. Um, outside of that, you're just taking long shots. Like, okay, yeah. maybe Patrick Mahomes – Turn Sky Moore into the next Tyreek Hill. Okay, if that happens, Burrow with his stable of wide receivers. Lamar Jackson's won an MVP. Could he be so great that he wins the Offensive Player of the Year? Not so sure about that. Um, and, and then there'll be a dark horse or two. But I think if you just narrow down your process there, okay, we can weed out the running backs because we're not going to bet on a running back because he's going to break down. We're going to get rid of quarterbacks where I kind of feel like you. I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but it's kind of like, okay. I've tossed betting, quarterbacks out. All right, so you t- what are we down to? Tight ends and wide receivers. And funny enough, tight ends have never – a tight end has never won the award since 1972 in the award's existence there. So I'm not going to bet on a tight end because I, I was actually eyeing when I was handicapping this market. I was eyeing Travis Kelsey seeing that, mm. all right, maybe he gets a lot of the volume now that Tyreek Hill is in Miami. But then I looked at the history of this award. I'm not going to bet on history to happen at 50 to 1. No. You're going to have to give me better odds than 50 to 1 for a guy to win Offensive Player of the Year when that position has never won it. Now – I think you're a little dismissive on running back. I do think running backs can win the award. Is it more difficult than receivers? I agree with you there. Oh, yeah. But I do think running backs, if they stay healthy, can win. Because this is just whichever player has the best fantasy yeah. football season that's not a quarterback, I think is going to win this award. Right. That's why we call it the, almost like the fantasy studs award versus <laughs> MVP being a quarterback award. So I'm on Jamar Chase at 30-1. to 1. I took the two long shots in Cortland Sutton at 100-1 to 1, and then Mike Evans at 125-1. to 1. But the biggest reason why I got involved in this market is because I think that there's an inefficiency in this market with the quarterbacks taking up so much probability. Josh Allen at 18 to 1. I don't think the voters are going to vote for a quarterback just because of the acknowledgement that MVP is a quarterback award. I think they're going to shy away from that. If I was an odds maker, I don't think I'd put a quarterback at shorter odds than 50 to 1 to an offensive player of the year just because it can happen, but it's very unlikely based on what happens in the MVP market, which is 100% from here on out going to a quarterback, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, you're getting much better number on Josh Allen in the offensive player of the year award than you are. For the MVP, I mean, he's a favorite at seven to one. What were we talking about here? Eighteen to one. Eighteen to one. Right. Eighteen to one. You're getting better numbers, but I'm with you. So again, it almost comes down to wide receiver for me, just because from a personal standpoint, I feel like I've I've said this enough. You understand now. I'm just not placing futures on running backs. It's mm. too much. It's I mean, how much? Position. Oh, last year Derrick Henry is going to repeat. The dude had a thousand carries in like the last two years. Jonathan Taylor. I get it. He's a young guy. Touched the ball 400 times last year. Like, oh, let's just go with let's let's go with uh, Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, 25 to one. I feel the best I've ever felt. Of course you do. It's the off season. You're supposed to say that at this point in time. And you also of the year. haven't played in like two yeah. years. Dude's leg's gonna fall <laughs> off at some point in time this season. So really, we've kind of done a process of elimination. Yeah. For you, you know, you would throw the running back in there. I would throw it out. And and I just had this pool of wide receivers. And normally, I think you also have to get to your process too. How many are you betting? It's a long shot. So if you're betting just one, I don't think it really makes sense in a futures market like this. I want to spread myself out a little bit. Maybe make three bets because if I'm getting one at 25 to 1, 20 to 1, and 25 to 1, well, of course I'm going to lay three to four bets down, spread it out a little bit, try and make a profit that way. Yeah, you can build yourself a nice little portfolio. Uh, Further down the board, some wide receivers that you might be interested in. Maybe Stefan Diggs at 40 to 1. 
You're not really interested in Diggs, just what? Because of Gabe Davis and his emergence? Yeah, I think Allen it? gets all the love there, not Diggs. Yeah, no, that's, and that's a fair point as well. Keenan Allen's at 60-1, to 1, but that could be another instance to where maybe nope. it's Justin Herbert that's getting a lot of that love out there. What about Jaden Waddle? I love Jalen Waddle. 60 to 1. Love him. I'll throw, that, throw that fish out there for you. That's my boy, but Ty, Tyreek's going to be the, the alpha dog in that offense. He's also 60 to 1. That's intriguing that both Waddle and Hill have the same odds to an offensive player of the year. Waddle's awesome. Hill at 60 to 1 is kind of interesting. If that Dolphins offense takes yeah. off, he's going to get a lot of that credit. I don't think it's going to go to Tua. It's going to go to Mike McDaniel, the head coach, since he's arrived there, and also Tyreek Hill, the guy who arrived there as well this offseason. So that's an interesting market, in my opinion. Tua. Tongo Bailoa, 60 to 1 to an MVP with Tyreek Hill, 60 to 1 to an offensive player of the year. Don't go away. The night captain. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is the nightcap on vsin the sports betting network Ice cold beers, cold hard cash. Join the action on the pitch with the Heineken 2022 Soccer Prediction Challenge. Compete in 20 free-to-play pools this season for your shot at a share of $100,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Heineken now to start your run at victory. Heineken, beer made better. 21 and over only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details and always drink responsibly. Welcome back. This is the Nightcap coming to you from the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. Femi Abebefe alongside Holden Kushner. Um, the Premier League, Holden, overseas, the English Premier League, gets underway next week. So clearly you're not a fan. You're not taking, play, uh, taking part in the, the soccer prediction challenge? I am all about jingoism. It's got to be American. It's got to be American. In all seriousness, you and I were talking about this earlier. Mm-hmm. I am excited about the World Cup. The World Cup is... But it's, it's during the NFL season. Two screens, at least. Maybe even three or four. I need four for the NFL. Am I going to buy another TV to watch a World Cup game? Maybe, maybe do a World Cup game on the laptop I don't or tablet. Know. I don't know. By the way, I already took part of the DraftKings Heineken Challenge. So, you know, I, I did it. I might have done a snore thing, but I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> He's in. World Cup's going to be a lot of fun, though. I can't wait for it that. It is. It's my favorite sporting event on the entire yeah. sports betting calendar. And I, and I love NFL. That's my favorite sport. But my favorite event, 100%, is the World Cup there. Let me just completely derail the show again. How are the TV ratings for that, though, For the going up against the NFL? 
Ooh. Like, seriously. I, I'm not sure if any USA match is up against the NFL. I know Black Friday, USA faces England. That's going to be massive. I believe that's going to be right before or after Michigan-Ohio State, one of the two. But you're, you're more it's, dialed into to soccer, though. Yes. Like, if there is – we just got a Sunday slate, 1 o'clock. Okay, the early slate versus USA-England. Like the NFL would still destroy it, oh, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the NFL is still okay. going to do numbers there. Right. But, it's, but the, the numbers aren't going to be as good because I think a lot of fans who love USA soccer, the World Cup's once every four years, so it has that sort of urgency. Um, you'll get some people that watch the USA match. It is. I mean, And again, the World Cup's a spectacle. And oh, I told you, in 1994, it was in Chicago. I was living mm-hmm. in Chicago. I was offered a ticket, and there's one ticket I've ever turned down that I regret to this day. It is the World Cup ticket I passed up. Wow, you turned. Yeah, out I, I just Cup. didn't. It was soccer, man. It's like big deal. It's it's not. And then, and then I watched it and I said, "That's the first World Cup I ever really watched." And I said, "Guy, you know, I made a big mistake." And I think you can credit that World Cup for why you see the popularity in our country today. Because I think a lot of kids, the millennials that grew up around that time, yeah. even some of the Gen Xers as well, mm-hmm. who were a little bit older at the time. Um, they, they see that World Cup happen. It's like, wow, this is such a big event. It's a big deal. The United States was able to get out of the group during that World Cup, so they at least made it to the knockout phase. Um, and, and that's why we have so many kids playing soccer, so many people watching. The, I mean, people watch not only the MLS, but a lot of folks watch the EPL, Femi. the La Liga. Everybody Syria. plays soccer. The reason you know, people are playing so- kids are playing soccer is not because of the World Cup. <laughs> But, right. it, but it added to the popularity, though, I would say. Did it? Because everybody I know has played soccer since I've been alive. Like, I loved soccer. That was my favorite sport to play when I was mm-hmm. little. You know, the, is the World Cup going to bring it to another level? I'm not sure. I, I'm just fascinated for the TV ratings. I want to know what yeah. they do up against college football. I want to see an Alabama football game against the World Cup television ratings. And I want to see the NFL, any slate, even a Thursday night slate, a Monday night game. I want to see that put up against the World Cup. That, to me, is really interesting. I mean, maybe I'm just a geek yeah. when it comes to the media, but I want to know what America's watching. Yeah, like, how is. much is it going to dig into the football audience? We Our religion in America is football. It's football. Real right. football. American football. <laughs> Real football. Right. And, uh, and, and I know I'm coming off like a jerk for soccer. I do have the utmost respect for it. I, I really do. It's just it's not a sport I follow. But like college basketball, so many people are not interested. March Madness comes around to get interested. Uh-huh. That's me once every four years with soccer. Yeah, the World Cup is, in my opinion, it's the best sporting event that we have in the you world. You can't be right about everything. It's, yeah. <laughs> you know, hey. yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll try. Um, <laughs> we'll try to be right about the West Coast baseball games that we yeah. have going on right yeah. now. The Seattle Mariners, they lead the Texas Rangers 2 nothing still in the bottom of the six. So that game is trending toward the under. It closed at 8, and it was actually juiced to the over at minus 120. Mariners went off as minus 185 favorites, and the Rangers were plus 155. Also in Oakland, the lead is shrinking. The A's were once up 4 nothing against the Houston Astros. It's now 4-3 in the bottom of the six. And then at Dodger Stadium, can the Nationals do it two, two nights in a row? Why not? Holden? They lead 2-1 in the bottom of the fifth against the Dodgers. And the San Francisco Giants trail the Arizona Diamondbacks 5-3 in the bottom of the sixth. Weren't, you, weren't we just talking about the run line, though, before the game for the Dodgers? Like, mm-hmm. the, All right, it went from 155. They lost the game. Now it's down to, what, one. 30, I think is what it was. Well, look at it right now. What is it, 205? Plus 205. I mean, I'm telling, I'm sitting here talking to you how it's three, such three a bad run, bet. Three-run blast, man, and you're cooking with gas. That's the number. I mean, 205, yeah, I'm hitting that. Like, that's that's you give me two to one on this team coming back and winning by more than one run, 
That's the number. It's I'm not betting the Dodgers, and I'm not betting against Washington. I'm betting the number there. That's oof, you don't see that too often. And, and now it's three one. And that is one. why it was two to one. <laughs> yeah, That's why it was. Well, we're tied two two now. Nobody was on. So, All right, so, so we're two two. So we're tied two two. So now. I already got it. I already got my plus two hundred. Look at that. My bet went in just like that. Imagine it just <laughs> magically appeared. And Imagine now, that, though. We're talking about the Dodgers, and I'm yeah. asking you that, and then Bellinger right there yeah. leading things off here at the bottom of the That fifth, was the number. And he that, goes yard. You give me plus 205 on a number that started out minus 130 yeah. with half a game left. The only thing that I guess would work against him is staring up at the TV here just watching it. How about Bellinger hitting a home run, too? That doesn't happen too often anymore. Um, club that one out of it. But, them. yeah, uh, the, the, thing, the one thing you got to take in, into account, though, when you're betting live, the home team – if they're leading, they're not going to get that shot in the ninth. Yeah. So betting a run, betting a run line on a team down that is a home team is not always the sharpest bet that there is. But when they're throw, throwing a plus two hundred five at you, uh, that's just too sexy of a number to pass up. Also, in interleague play, the Chicago White Sox they lead the Colorado Rockies two to one out there in Denver. They're in the bottom of the ninth. The Rockies no outs right now. So uh, we'll see how this unfolds. But once we get the bat and we could be headed toward extra innings or maybe the Rockies can walk things off out there at home. Um, anything that stood out to you in the other games that were earlier on? We had a lot of games that finished up. The Yankees, yeah. they lose to the Mets there. Uh, we saw the San Francisco, or sorry, the San Diego Padres, I should say, get back on the right track, beating the Detroit Tigers 6-4. to four. Also, Milwaukee walks it off there. They beat the Twins 7-6. to six. Mets are showing me a lot. They're down 2 nothing the first time on Walker's got a sad face on. And he should have because he gave up a couple blasts right off the bat. Aaron Judge, they had back-to-back home runs to start the game. But bottom of that inning, their offense picks up. Uh, Eduardo Escobar goes deep. You get a good start out of Taiwan Walker after that rough first inning. Bullpen took over from there. Like I said, Adovino, Diaz, back end of the bullpen there. Just about as good as anybody in baseball. Put them right up there with the Yankees just in the eighth and ninth inning. So the Mets with a monster win. Over the last couple of years, they've really owned that series. So the Mets getting the victory. And then the other thing here, um, I had the, the one bet I won tonight was San Diego first five. Well, mm-hmm. somehow, some way, they allowed the Tigers to score four runs tonight. Now, the, ultimately, the Padres won an extra innings, but that's absolutely unacceptable. This team's got to get going here. Uh, 55 and 44 haven't been really scoring too much as far as runs, uh, 2.8 runs last five games. They picked up six tonight, though. So that was a nice win for them. And then Baltimore's not in the cellar. In the AL East, it's the Red Sox. Baltimore beat Tampa Bay tonight 5-3. To go out and beat a lefty like Shane McClanahan the way that they did tonight, yeah. this Orioles rebuild is way ahead of schedule. They brought all the front office over from Houston. They said, come here. This is what we got. Let's try and turn it into something else. They took the prospects that they had, which, by the way, they had some very high draft picks over the years. Rutschman finally came up, but wave number one of this Orioles farm system is up there making an impact Boy, they are a lot of fun to watch right now. There's just some teams like the Orioles, the Mariners, teams that don't get the national cachet. People are talking about them. But Mm -hmm. if I'm just sitting down watching baseball, the Mariners and the Orioles are two of the more fun teams to watch play this game right now. So those are my takeaways. And then again, Washington and the Dodgers. Just something's off of this Dodgers offense. It's as simple as that. Yeah, well, we'll see. Mookie Betts is at the plate, and there's mm-hmm. a runner on first. So He's the if, best. Uh, if Mookie can go yard, love him. That whoever grabbed that plus two hundred five, their Dodgers run line when they were trailing two to one, will be sitting pretty 
uh, at the moment. But we're still bottom of the fifth. Still a lot of baseball left to be played between the Nationals and the Dodgers. Also, the Atlanta Braves, I wanted to ask you about them as we have a little bit of time mm-hmm. left during the segment. They get another win against the Philadelphia Phillies, 6-3. to three. The Braves were the minus-130 favorite. They're only two back in the NL East, and they are on the heels of the New York Mets. I know DeCrom is coming back, but the defending World Series champions ain't going away. I got a plus-175 on them. I hope they take the lead over the Mets, and the Mets drop to about 150. I'll just hit them both, and we can just sit back, kick back, and make a nice little profit. But, yeah, I mean, the Braves... There's a reason why that number keeps shrinking. There's a legit shot. I, I love the Mets this year, but the Braves, they got a pedigree, man. Braves are plus 390 to win the NL pennant. Interested? No. Back to back, I'm not going that far, Femi. All right. Well, we'll try to find a little bit of value on it. Maybe in hour number three, which is coming up next here on the other side. This is the Nightcap on Visa. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, Somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. 